listeners and welcome back to another episode of the Keeper League podcast. We're the AFL fantasy podcast that doesn't talk about the superstars, we talk about the lesser knowns and the guys that are going to get you the wins in the Keeper Leagues. My name's Hef and I'm joined by Kays. How are you, mate? Uh, I've been a lot better. You've been it's a lot been better? A, it's been a tough 24 hours. What's wrong, mate? Oh, I lost my home league match to you. <laughs> <laughs> when you sent, I don't know if people were watching or listening or looking at Twitter at home. Uh, when you sent out that tweet, I thought there was a bit of like, I don't know, a bit of big headedness about you. No, like, I, was, I was genuinely worried. Were you? Because I thought 182, like. Uh, I knew it was wet. I was confident. Wet and Menegola and Brayshaw basically, basically both had to get 90 each at least. Yes. 91 each. And I yeah. thought it was an absolute never, ever going to happen. But yeah. uh, look, it did happen. And uh, <laughs> what uh, we'll, we'll talk about Brayshaw in, that, in later. Yes. But, I've um, got a big thing coming for Andrew Brayshaw. God, you've been mounting your case. It's yes. like you're like a lawyer. And I've got the, the notes on my phone because I didn't want you to see it in the show doc. <laughs> so you couldn't delete it and ruin my, uh, my argument. Or come up with a good rebuttal. That's Correct. fine, mate. That's fine. Uh, look, it was uh, it was a tight game. We're both pretty similar sides in our home league around that mid-table. Uh, I think we're both four and four now after the weekend. But uh, look, I, I did kind of think I was close to home after my boy Jared Lyons scored 119. But uh, when you look through my team, I was incredibly let down by guys like Jack Graham. Thank God that Richmond dropped him tonight. Otherwise, <laughs> I would have had to... Um, you know, Devin Smith, 47. What are you doing, Fritz? You're playing the Crows. Tim English had his career worst game probably uh, last week. Uh, Benny Ainsworth, 32. You're better than that, Ben. And then you try and give it, you know, we're playing uh, loopholes or, or rolling lockout um, at the moment because of what's going on. And you've I've got Chase Jones on there. Give me something, oh. Chase. He had, he, I think I was looking at the stats today. It was like he was 80% time on ground, had like 17 center bounces and managed to score 16 points. The, he could have been a hero. He could have scored a 50 or a 60 come in, loop hold, but no, he lets me down and I had to play Luke Jackson who scored a, an Admiral 27 for Are the- Are you telling uh, me he had more center bounces than he did points? Yes. <laughs> Fuck, that is terrible. Yes. <laughs> uh, so please, Crows, drop Chase Jones. He needs- uh, just a bit of a spell. Oh, I think he does. All right. Uh, we're brought to you tonight by uh, Remedy Kombucha. Um, all that, uh, all yeah. that money they're dishing our way um, just to drink this product on their pod- our podcast. Um, Cha-ching. We do it for free. <laughs> we do it for the love and the, uh, I suppose, the, the gut health. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. the um, no, you know, the I Quit Sugar stuff. recommended as well. So if you're trying to get off the sugar, you're trying to lose a bit of weight or you're trying to keep off the beers. Good alternative, the old remedy kombucha. Uh, all right, guys, we probably should talk about what's going to be happening mm-hmm. on the podcast over the next few weeks. So yep. we are going to be recording on the final night of every round and releasing the podcast straight away. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are implications for, I guess, the brand, um, the Keeper League, which means there's probably going to be a lot less uh, articles. Um, and also, I guess, our stats and projections are going to be updated it's going to be very hard to update all of them um, in time for the next round. So I'll try as best as I can to not get fired from my job while I do it while I'm working. <laughs> and, um, you work for the government. You can't get fired. <laughs> it's true. And uh, and uh, try to um, get everything up. So most of the things will be it would be reasonably quick turnaround, like at least 24 hours I'll be able to get things up. Yep. There's a few little things that just take a little bit longer for data sources to upload and things like that. So um, bear with us, but we'll do our best to get everything out as quick as we possibly can for the members out there that have signed up. So... All right. Should so we actually get? Oh, sorry. You do want to? Should we? Should we? Should give a bit of a, a plug for this Sunday. So we're recording Sunday. Yep. With uh, your new bestie, the guy who's <laughs> uh, trying to get me out of this seat, uh, HK Doss. I don't think he's he's got his own thing going on. He's not trying to get you out of the seat. Yeah, I think he's trying to he's trying to get me out of this seat probably more than anything. Yeah. <laughs> I think, yeah. No, he's, I think he's basically the big mover and shake the golden tonsils of 
uh, AFL Fantasy Does Podcasting. Have pretty sweet tonsils. But uh, yeah, Doss uh, from well, previously the Draft Doctors and now with uh, Doss and Friends, mm-hmm. and I, which I'm one of those friends these days, I think. Um, so I'll be, uh, I'll be uh, sorry, he'll be joining us on this next Sunday. So stay tuned for that for have a third voice on the podcast for the second time ever. Really. Yeah. All right. Let's get into the round rewind. <laughs> All right, on to the round rewind. It was a pretty big weekend of football. There's some pretty big fantasy scores. Um, yeah. I noticed a lot of midfielders scoring hundreds, which was uh, nice. It's good. Uh, and a certain ruck pig that didn't score a hundred, um, but he does not. He's too good for the pot anyway, so it doesn't matter. Okay, don't talk about him. No. <laughs> uh, yes, and we are live, and we've got a few comments coming in. People, uh, people are pretty stoked about the the blood orange kombucha. Wow. Choice, so. Yeah, I've seen that. It's for you guys. Uh, and if you do enjoy this, we, we'll probably try and continue this through the next few weeks too. So yeah, yeah. You get your, uh, get your information live. If it doesn't become too much of a pain in the ass. But I'm sure it's, it we'll seems, see pretty, how we go. seems pretty easy. So it's all good. <laughs> anyway, let's kick off the round eight rewind. I'll start off with the Gold Coast Suns versus the Bulldogs. And you can see I'm a, a proud Gold Coast Suns member this year. So if the Bombers can't flag up, uh, hopefully the Suns can. Uh, really just got it to get this... Uh, Amazing. Probably limited edition, collector's edition, Jack Bowes badge. So uh, wearing this with pride probably for the rest of the season, actually. And I'm after work on getting, getting a Ben Keys one too. Hot property, that one, I think. Everyone would uh, be jealous of that badge. Yeah. I just wish he signed it or something like that. <laughs> maybe he kissed it or something. I can only hope that. But you anyway, know, let's recap the round. Anyway, right. We'll start with the dogs. Uh, Hayden Crozier, 75 points from him. It was a super good game from him. Uh, a real eye catcher too. So had 19 touches and seven marks. Uh, for first half, he was really dominant, intercepting a whole heap. And he's pretty damaging with the ball too. Now, he looks to be their floating mid-size defender, which we do love here on the Keeper League because, uh, one, his job security is high. Um, and... One, I love him even more because I brought him in the preseason uh, trade period and I love his consistency. But, you know, you've got guys like um, uh, Caleb Daniel um, and JJ across the back who are a bit more of the creative. Crozier can be the floater uh, and, you know, you guys like Cordy and... Um, uh, Eastern Wood as the more lockdown. So he gets that nice intercepting floating around uh, play, which I do love. Uh, and really, the consistency has been his massive thing. So this season, this season, his lowest score has been 52 and his highest has been 79. Now, that's never really disappointing either way. You know, like he's never going to set the world on fire and, uh, and uh, you know, score tons. But, you know, if your lower scores, you know, uh, post pre-corona, whatever you want to call it, 60-odd, that's, that's awesome for, a, you know, D3 to 5. So, 26 years old, if you can get a piece of him, I'd uh, be getting on board for sure. Yeah, he passes the eye test for mine, just looks like a fantasy baller as well. Like, mm-hmm. m- might not have the scores always to, you know, back that up, yep. but uh, it looks like a guy who actually can score. And the consistency, you're right, is the thing that kind of gets him going. Yeah. Uh, Bailey Williams, the other half-back flanker or back pocketer for the dog, he had 71 points and it was his season uh, best score for the Bulldogs. So, uh, he did junk it up in the back line a lot on the weekend um, and got a ball, got the ball a bit more with ease than he has a bit lately. He's been playing a bit more of a lockdown role. So uh, he had 22 touches, four marks and had a handy day out there. Now, I just don't think I can back this scoring from him each week because we have seen him play that bit more of a, a lockdown back pocket kind of role as opposed to the the free-flowing, um, you know, Crozier, 
JJ Daniel kind of role. So, look, he's averaging 55 this year, and I think that's probably more his go week in, week out. So, don't get too excited just yet about Bailey Williams. Yeah, burnt me too many times to get excited. And lastly, Matt Suckling. He had 15 points, and he had one of the all-time horrible games. I'm calling it. He is officially fantasy-wise done. Uh, eight touches, one mark, and a three freeze against. Now, he did have 71 points last week against the Dons, but that featured eight marks and two goals. Now, he's probably not going to do that each week. Um the three scores he had earlier in the year were all in the 50s. Now, um, he's been basically made to play as a half-forward flanker or a, a wingman um, because of, you know, how good the dog's back line's going at the moment. So, if I was an owner of him, if you could get rid of him now, right now, I would be because uh, I don't think he's going to have much uh, credibility going forward. Went pick number one in the uh, Keeper League uh, draft. Sorry, the pro or the podcaster Keeper League this year because Doss was auto-picking. So. <laughs> and he was the highest average player from last year. Yep, went number one. Uh, sorry, Doss. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, we'll move on to the Gold Coast Suns. Alex Sexton had 69, which is an amazing score for that particular name. Uh, he was aided by three goals and had five marks. Now, I think he's a very good player. I just For me, I just don't understand why he never scores that well. You know, he always seems to kick goals. He always seems to get up the ground nicely. His 64, uh, 60, sorry, 64 points is his career best average. And really at 26 years old, um, this is his level. But uh, one, I'd probably monitor next year. Like he, a key forward, I think, you know, when um, the uh, Ben King gets a bit better, a bit stronger, he's going to take a bit more of the number one uh, defender in the future, which means that Alex Sexton can probably get off the loose a bit more. And probably next year, if the Suns keep continuing their improvement, uh, I reckon he could be one that just kind of feels that Jack Rewalt of a few years ago where he just is a very regular, you know, 70, 80 score each week, kicks a few goals, gets up the ground and, and could be a very handy late addition to your draft next year, I think. Yeah, quality over quantity type, but uh, those types still do have the up weeks. So mm, it's Correct. Uh, last one for the Suns, it's Charlie Ballard. He had 47 points. Now, he's a guy I want a slice of going forward. He's that hybrid type of player who can take a really nice intercept mark. At the moment, he's playing a bit taller than he should be with some injuries to their back line, like uh, Rory Thompson, for example. But I think with uh, Lacocious and Ballard, the interceptor going forward, uh, I think Lacocious potentially even moves you know, forward at some stage. So maybe a few more points for Ballard in, in the long-term future. But I think he's only going to get better as a main, you know, second or third tall. Uh, potentially, it's third year. So he could be looking at a fourth year kind of breakout. So uh, those two guys I'm kind of looking for as a bit of a stash on for next year. If it doesn't break out in the fourth year, break out in the fifth year. It's going to happen at some it's stage. It's great. It's mathematically. Sixth it's year all, breakout. Yeah, hey, hey. <laughs> I can make a case for anyone, all right? Yeah, okay, good. Uh, on to GWS versus Richmond on the uh, Friday night. So, uh, Brent Daniels will start with. So, he has 73 points and he was just always around the ball on Friday night. He plays that kind of high half forward, small forward role um, and had seven tackles, which really boosted his numbers. So, he's a real pressure player. I kind of liken him to Zach Butters at the moment, just a, a couple years older. But, um, look, he's not someone I'd be uh, big on every week. But he could be a streamer going forward because he does kind of, uh, yeah, he looks like menacing up there. And those tackle numbers are kind of juicy from time to time as well. Uh, on to Heath Shaw. I won't talk too much about him because we all know about Heath Shaw. But he had 70 points on the weekend. And he's averaging 63, uh, 60.3 this season. And I'm going to keep saying it. If, you, if you're looking for a flag, if you're hunting a flag, you could get him really cheap. And why would you say no to a 60 average, you know, that high 70s, BCV, mm-hmm. um, low 80s type score? Um, look, he's... 
absolute gold if you're chasing the flag and you can give up, you know, not too much, maybe a potential rookie or someone who hasn't played yet that's probably not going to help you this season anyway. Definitely a good one to get in if you're chasing it. Now, if you want to keep talking about the things I've said on the pod and bringing up, you know, to haunt me, I've written Heath Shaw off basically for the last two years and he keeps delivering. Uh, he has he had the bad game last week but did look uh, pretty solid this week, uh, kind of getting back to his best. But yeah. you are correct. It's just like, you know, how much do you give for him? You know, I think no, you've really got to know that you're in the window because – you know, I keep saying he's probably yeah. going to retire this year, but, you know, who knows? It's, if, it's it depends how many you keep and all that sort of stuff. So, if you have deep lists, it's not the type. But if you had someone like a Trent Rivers who's not getting a game and you're chasing a flag this year and you're probably not going to be in the window when Trent Rivers hits his prime, mm-hmm. there should be someone out there kind of looking for that, I guess, or you might be able to do a swap and things like that if you're, mm-hmm. if you're trying to get his yeah, side yeah. to your side. So, a player like that might be a good one to go for. Uh, looking at Richmond players, uh, Ivan Soldo, he had 63 points and he was doing majority of the ruck work uh, with uh, Chol up forward so he had 37 hitouts which was a pretty big game for his standards um only had three possessions though so relying solely on the hitouts for scoring so yeah good effort against jacobs but i guess that's worrying with the low disposals if he doesn't dominate those hitouts he's not going to do too much scoring is he case no and that's the uh bit of the issue um but you know like you can probably pick him up with a you know, if you're needing a bit of backup, depending on what's happening going forward, you know, with your particular league, you know, this year, like, um, you know, with, with Rucks, you know, a bit of a dime a dozen and, uh, sorry, sorry, at a premium and then, you know, with buys, et cetera, coming up. So, it could be one that you could sneak in just for a, a bit of a, you know, week to week hit, I suppose. But, yeah, it, it is a bit risky. Uh, Shy Bolton's the last one for Richmond. Uh, 61 points for him, and we're just seeing increased midfield time uh, over his last few games. So he had 19 disposals and mm. a goal. I just worry with, you know, Prestia Cochin coming back this week, apparently. Yep. Um, if Graham stays in the side, there's just going to be a few midfielders that might push him out. I think if you could sell him high this week in a trade, it probably wouldn't be the worst idea if you wanted to kind of capitalize on his forward status and his high scoring at the moment. What uh, do you think? Thankfully for him, uh, Chuck Graham has been dropped. So, Trent Cotchin's back in. Uh, Oleg Markov. Jack Ross has got a recall. Okay. And so does Sydney Stack. So uh, Dan Rioli, Nick Vloston, Patrick Nash go out. So he's probably going to hold that that spot, I'd say. Uh, I don't see Stack coming into that midfield. Ross will probably no. kind of come in for that Graham role. Um, yeah, Cotchin will probably take Nash's spot. So it's, uh, yeah, I wouldn't. I'd probably keep him. Like, yeah. I don't know. Like, where do you see him in? Three or four years' time. That's the big question, I think. Yeah, that's a good point because they don't – well, I guess they've got blokes like Ross coming through. Um, there's another midfielder or Graham, I guess, and there's another midfielder I'm forgetting out of them. But they probably do have a few coming through. I don't know. I just think he's too damaging as a forward for them. I don't think he'll play that midfield role all, all the time. But you also got Titch who runs through there who's probably not going to have too many years ahead of him. So there's a potential there. But it just depends what you're looking for this year because I could see him this kind of being the peak of this season and see him going down from here. But we'll have to wait and see. Mm-hmm. Hey, did you see uh, Basha Hooli um, when he's going into quarantine in Queensland today? No, they said so, round. 12 he's ready yeah. to go or something like yeah, that so that's what 15 games away like <laughs> <laughs> he's got four so basically he's back when you're either in your ultimate finals or not yeah yeah, yeah pretty much perfect right. timing bash okay. thanks yeah it just might be uh, might have an impact on some of those halfback flankers might have an impact on the egg I think uh, yeah he's <laughs> egg is definitely gone Jaden Short Odin's will be uh, packing their decks so. alright uh, let's move on to North Melbourne versus uh, Carlton so Jed Anderson's the first guy I'm going to talk about now I don't know if he's not 2G4P because he didn't average enough last year and he's not doing he's kind of getting there this year but only averaging 72.2 this season but he had 94 points and he was playing a tag role so he's 
kind of as well thriving without Cunnington on the side because he's providing that inside grunt as well around the contest and around mm. the stoppages. So, yeah, as I said, 72.2 this season. There's a bit of stigma around him about him because he's taken so long to kind of become, you know, slightly reliable. And I say slightly this year because he's just missed the last two weeks uh, with injury. Uh, look, I can kind of see him leading that next transition of north midfield while they wait for the kids to come through and your Higgins. And I always think Cunnington's like at least 40 years old, but he's like 28. Yeah. Um, but there's Zeeble as well. While those kind of, even, even though he doesn't play that much midfield time anymore, he does pinch in there. I can see him kind of like leading that transition, but I don't know if this kind of scoring will last too long. Like might be good for the next year or so, I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. But uh, look, he's one to think about this year as well because he's got a bit of value right now as well. If you play um, if you play utilities or anything like that, yep. uh, he's a great one to sit on there and just get you that kind of 80 BCV mm-hmm. um, each week. So Yeah, he's that really tough one for us to peg. Like he's, all, he's borderline two GVP and then for most keeper legs, he's borderline keeper as well. Like, but uh, I, t- I tend to agree. I think um, going forward, he's he's been super reliable when he's been playing scoring wise. Yeah, and I reckon if you can get him, you know, early in a, a redraft or something next year, I reckon I'd, I'd be having a serious crack for him. That's where he goes, isn't it? He's the guy yeah. who gets thrown back into the pool if you play that 16, 17, 18 mm-hmm. type keepers. He's the guy that goes. He's back not the, the sexiest kind yeah, of keeper yeah. to have, yeah. but you pick him up first, second round yeah. in, in those kind of drafts and, and delivers. Well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Lou McDonald had seventy-seven points, uh, eighteen disposals, fifteen kicks. So fifteen kicks is uh, double his average of seven per game. So um, that's the the point uh, boost there. Um, look, I don't mind him this season as he's getting a few tagging roles. He didn't really get on the weekend. And Polek played a tagging role and failed miserably. And then Anderson kind of uh, jumped onto Cripps there. Actually, didn't fail miserably. I think they just wanted to actually use him a bit more. Then uh, Jasper was kind of playing like a forward tag like as well. So um, yeah, a bit uh, strange there. But anyway, um, look, he can play. Uh, he can score a defense, which he showed this week. But still, he plays for North, so I'm not, he's not really one I want to worry about. But Handy streamer, especially if he's getting those tagging roles. Nope. Not well, I have no interest in Luke McDonald whatsoever. Okay. No, he's just one of those guys who's just like, oh, he might play a good game, but then yeah. it's just going to be a series of six crap ones. I really don't have any interest in him either, but you've got to find someone to talk about for North Melbourne. <laughs> <laughs> it's pulling teeth. <laughs> well, this guy I'm actually interested in. So, Bailey Scott, he had 67 points, so 11 touches, four tackles, and three goals. Look, it'd be good to see him play a better game. Uh, he had, oh, sorry, it was good to see him play a better game. He had a great debut last year. I think he turned up on debut, um, and he was a great underage scorer as well. Um, so which, which kind of I highlighted uh, a few years ago in one of the um, the preseason uh, draft mm-hmm. podcasts. So he was quite high up on our list there as well. So he definitely has potential. I think he just needs more opportunity. So, um, yeah, where do you see him, Case? Uh, well, he's definitely your boy. So, you know, yeah, I need to know. He's, on, he's on the bus. <laughs> He'd be on your bus. Uh, look, I want to see a bit more. You know, the thing is, someone like him, and I, I know that LDU came in this week for North too, like – they're not winning anything this year. Like they're going to be probably the second bottom side. They might even lose their first game on of the year to the Crows this weekend, maybe. So like they've this um, Reshaw should just rebuild. Like give these guys a game. Like give us an insight. Like don't play. I don't know Aaron Hall or someone like that who's just taking spots. You know. Give us a glimpse. Get people excited about North Melbourne because at the moment, I'd love to be. They've got some really great players, but I still just don't care. I don't want to watch any of their games. Yeah, I'm in two minds about that, but it's not really fantasy related, so it doesn't really matter. Mm. Um, I just don't think coaches should be just gifting kids game because they're kids. Uh, Why not? Because it leads to just uh, unrest within the side. Look at what happened to Port Adelaide and Primus and all that sort of stuff. It doesn't work very well. 
Um, anyway, let's move on. Uh, Matthew Kennedy, uh, under Carlton. So, 91 points. So, he's coming to the side and he's mm. actually playing midfield time under T. Yeah. Um, as opposed to being stuck up forward like he was last year under Bolton. So, look, he's having some big CBA numbers this year. And he had 21 touches on the weekend and also kicked two goals. So, he went undrafted in our league. So, mm. that's the kind of how forgotten he was. Um, but, yeah, if you can get him now or in a trade or something, I reckon he's a great pickup, especially this year with the forward status. Mm-hmm. Could be super handy to get you some forward points. Don't think he will maintain the status next year, but uh, this year he's going to be great. Where do I see him as a, as a midfielder going forward? Um, look, I really don't know because he doesn't really, he's not a real quick mover and he's not really silky, not really smooth. He's more of an in and under type. So I don't think he's um, going to be a huge scorer, but I think he'll definitely be serviceable. Yeah. Oh, he showed some real glimpses when he was at GWS. Like yeah, he's three showed or four some years fantasy scoring, like, hasn't she? Yeah. Yeah. So like it's just, but it's just taken three years to show it at uh, Carlton, which is very frustrating for yeah. anyone who's owned him. But I, I'd be willing to stick with him because he's, he might not be the prettiest or, you know, um, you know, the most influential, I suppose, game-wise. But, you know, like someone like an Ed Kerner at, at Carlton scores well every week. You know, like you need those guys in your fantasy side. And uh, if if um, Teague likes him, then it's a big tick for me. All right, uh, Jack Noon, so he had 78 points. And he started in the midfield. He seemed to slide in across halfback, or at least he was getting a lot of touches uh, across halfback. I kind of find it hard to sometimes know where they're actually playing because mm-hmm. well, sometimes they just get a lot of touches in one point of the ground and you think they're playing there. But anyway, um, if that's his role, though, and if that's his, um, you know, that, that's what I like him like about him. I like him mm-hmm. in that position. So um, he's going to be uh, third or fourth string wherever he plays, though, especially if he's playing in defence um, because you look at uh, look going forward, you know, Nick Newman's injured, but you've got Doherty as well as Simpson this year so that's three blokes you probably have ahead of him if he's playing across half back and will be eating up the points so I can't see him scoring like this consistently but he does have a pretty reasonable history he does uh, he has that history when St Kilda weren't great either but yeah, yeah I, I don't know he's he is what he is I don't think he's ever going to be better than that that score that he scored on the weekend like that's his top even when he was at his best probably three or four years ago at St Kilda as a, a good halfback flank in their side he was still a you know mid 80s best you know average kind of backman so yeah I don't know if we ever get that role at Carlton that's my worry about him like if you were going to go who do you want to take for the future Kennedy or, or Nunes I'd be taking a stab on Kennedy for sure yeah all right uh Will Setterfield so he had 78 points look like we've been talking about him all year, so he's hit another. Hit, he's having another great game this week, mm. having a great year. Um, look, we should be really looking at him a bit more seriously, I think, um, especially going forward. He's one that would have dropped down the ranks after last year as well, but he's yeah. kind of moving up the ranks in that uh, Carlton midfield. So I uh, don't really need to say too much more, just one to think about going forward. Mm. Um, Sam Petrovsky-Seaton, he had 76 points, and, you know, he's had a – Pretty down year, but this week he had 14 disposals off halfback. Uh, 12 of those were kicks, so a really good ratio there. We're just hoping he's getting kind of back to his best. Or last year he looked like the sky's the limits, and then uh, well, the last two years anyway. And mm. uh, this year he's kind of taken a step backwards, but could be a new coach struggling, to, struggling under a new game plan. I'm not really sure. But, uh, yeah, definitely keep your eye on him. The value is dropping a little bit this season, so you might be able to be getting him a bit cheaper uh, in future years. Yeah, uh, Mr. Worldwide, the pit ball, Mark Pitney, uh, 64 points points and he bounced back really well against quality uh, opposition Ruckman this weekend so uh, look maybe we should start playing him uh, against the superstars and just streaming him against them because he was good against Grundy too so maybe that's the thing but god he stunk it up last week against Port Adelaide he lifts for the big games is that what you're saying must be it yeah mm-hmm. alright uh, Hawthorne versus Sydney case that is me so I start off with the Swans uh, kick it off with Harry Cunningham uh, 84 points from him for me he's just a seriously underrated fantasy player and I 
am guilty of putting him in that boat. Is he amazing? No. But does he score regularly well? Yes, he sure does. Now, for me, he's another one who always seems a lot older than he has been. He's only 26. And this season, he scored uh, five games of... Uh, He's sorry. Out of eight games he's played, he's had five games of fifty plus, which is damn good for a for a later defender. Uh, Nineteen touches and six tackles, a real winner for him on the weekend. Uh, I think he's going to take on a bit more of a leadership. Uh, role in this younger side and I think we can probably expect those numbers to stay up too because you see that uh, Callum Mills went into the midfield a hell of a lot on the weekend took a heap of CBAs so I think that might mean a bit more of a fantasy friendly role for Cunningham drops back into that Millsy kind of role um, with that responsibility back there uh, a bit more team responsibility too I reckon uh, we might see a nice little uh, bump up for Harry Cunningham especially while your Kennedys etc out in that Sydney midfield Alright uh, what about speaking of uh, Sydney midfield I guess mm. uh, this next guy Kay is one of your previous boys. Yeah, I actually just wrote in my show notes. Might be time to get him back on my bus, so I might have to get over. Are you going to kick off? <laughs> ah, shit. You've got, got no questions. seats. Uh, maybe, maybe I'll get a trailer or something like that. But uh, Put Ben Keys in it. Uh, yeah, Ben Keys can sit up the Tying front. Up. <laughs> ben Keys can be Dragging behind right? the bus. No, Ben Keys will just... <laughs> Carrying the bus, he's that strong at the moment. Uh, look, Ryan Clark is the man, 79 points from him. I flagged this last week. He's actually getting a lot of mid-time and uh, 20 touches, five tackles. Uh, the only issue with him, it's always been his knock, his disposal efficiency turnovers are very costly. So, um, But really, we don't care as long as he uh, keeps winning the footy. But what's amazing, I was looking through some of his stats. He must be an absolute fitness machine. He's had 99%, 88%, 95%, and 90% time on ground. So he's just not coming off, which obviously yeah, big numbers. says a lot for his tank. Uh, the longer you're out there, the more chance you have of getting the footy too. So I think going forward, he's fieldable. He's scoring a lot better than your, your row bottoms, uh, your Hewitts, your... Um, even I think he scored better than, uh, what's his name, Florent as well. So, like, he's, he's doing well, so he's scoring. So, uh, might not be the prettiest of picks, but I reckon I'd be more than happy to get into my side if I could. Yeah, the only – it's just the horse factor. So, if he's not if he's not actually disposing of the ball well and turning the ball over, yeah, horse is pretty quick to – See you mm. later. So. But they've got not many other options, I think. That's yeah. the problem. And the they probably want to try some pl- like blokes like this as well this year. Just They're not making finals. So what's the point of actually just, you know, trying to See if they can play or yeah. get rid of them. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, Dane Rampey, 77 points from him. Uh, huge game, 25 touches and five marks. Look, he's going pretty well in his last three games. Uh, scores of 52, 63 and 77 for a 64 average. Um, and looking forward at their draw, they're playing St. Kilda, uh, Collingwood and GWS. So it could be down in their defence a lot. Uh, potentially the issue with him is he's, he's busted his hand, I think, but they are talking that he'll still get up for this week, which is a, a huge effort if he does. So, um, look, he's got the Saturday Arvo game. So is there potential, uh, to be a loophole option this week? Look, he's capable on his day. We have seen some good scores from him in the past. Uh, seems to be, you know, in a bit of good form. So, uh, could be one just to bring in, uh, week to week if you can stream him, I think. Uh, the next one for the Swans, Nick Blakey. Just a little update on our boy Nick. Uh, 56 points from him and did show some glimpses of why he's going to be very, very good. Uh, had 11 touches but a few more marks than normal and, and finally kicked the snag after a couple of quiet weeks. But uh, looks like it will be a few tough weeks with those uh, teams they're playing aforementioned before. But uh, look, he's a definite future hold for me. I think he just does a couple right things each game. Gives you a little bit of hope that he could be uh, a very elusive player going forward. Interesting, because he's, he's in my team, and I'm, at the moment, I can't find a spot for him. So, 
Yeah, it's, it's tough. In your capers. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Like, and, and like this week as well, like I just really struggled to know when to field him as well. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, big time. it's so hard to like get him on. So yeah, yeah I, I do agree he's got potential, but it's just really hard to get in your best 16. And how long can you hold someone with yeah, potential alone? Exactly. Yeah. It's the question we all have. Uh, look, uh, for the Hawthorne Hawks, they were very, very poor fantasy wise. I suppose the only players of note, probably Jack Scrimshaw. Good to see him back. He had 42 points. Will definitely be better for the run there. Uh, Hawks definitely like him with the ball in hand. But they do seem to have a big glut of halfback flankers. You know, you're talking Will Day, Blake Hardwick, etc. So we need a bit more sharing of the love back there for the, the Hawthorne backline. But uh, I do think Scrimshaw's got a future. And big boy, he had 57 points, uh, a better score, but just no trust with him because you finally get rid of uh, Segler and then in comes Brooksby. So um, it's going to be a real issue with uh, their ruck setup going forward. I think it sounds like Clarko wants two ruck at all times. So, um, and they are having trouble with their tools. You know, Mitch Lewis, um, everyone just seems getting injured there. So Played the big Keegan Brooksby on the weekend. Yeah. You know, they're battling when Keegan comes in. How uh, many clubs have he been at? Three, uh, three yeah. four, who knows? Know. <laughs> he played Sanford last year, I'm pretty sure. Did he? Yeah. yeah, yeah is that, know, he's is been that Gold Coast, then West Coast? West Coast. He? And then- uh, now, now he's, he's there. Now Sydney. Yeah. But he's been uh, around, Northwell, but uh, he's been around for sure. But uh, look, I don't know. I, I just worry about trying to field big boy or even you know any any main uh, key position player for for Hawthorne coming up because it's if, just no one's left. I wonder if Keegan Brooksby's ever been on a keeper league team in, uh, in over the seven or eight years we've been playing. Uh, can you just you can check his draftable <laughs> numbers. Can I'll you? do that now. You do. Uh, you go right. and do the Port I'm sure Adelaide our listeners are so interested. Yeah, no, in this is a fun fact. <laughs> we need to, we need to educate everyone every now and then. So, <laughs> yeah, don't pick up Keegan Brooksby. That's the lesson to be That's learned. That's rude. There. <laughs> All right, uh, look. Let's look. Let's look at Port Adelaide versus St Kilda. Um, I can only manage to two Port players to talk. Is about. that a world record? I think so. There's one ex-Port player on here as well. But uh, look, Port were just absolute garbage on the weekend. Ollie Wines was the top scorer with 67. Like that says it all. Port Adelaide's top scorer had 67, 67 points. 67 points. We just couldn't get a hand on that. That's a shellacking. Just absolutely got pummeled. Uh, look, Keeper League relevant players, uh, Xavier Dersmar, he had 62 points, uh, 12 disposals, nine kicks and a goal. Um, coming off the injury a couple of weeks ago, second game back, he's starting to work his way into it. Kicked the goal, did the uh, bow and arrow. So, um, got to love it. Uh, look, he's got a good goal-scoring ratio for a winger as well. He generally pops up with one, which adds that kind of 9 to 12 points depending on how he gets the ball in the first place. Hmm. I reckon he's going to be a gun. Maybe not a 100-plus average, but a 90-plus average. Um, super fieldable in your midfield. You got something for me, Case? Yeah, so the Keegan Brooksby update, he was – no one drafted him at all this year in the okay. whole of Ant, whole, whole of Ultimate Footy. Yeah. He was never in a draft. He's now 8% owned though. Yeah. But if you want some you know fun facts, in uh, 2017 – he actually scored 82, 71, and 58. So he does have some uh, fantasy game. And one of those games, he didn't even have one hit out. Yeah, right. So, so that was the 82-point game against Port. Didn't have a hit out. Says a lot about him as a Rockman. So look, maybe he's a little diamond in the rough. Here. Absolutely not. <laughs> Peter Adams. <laughs> Let's move on. Uh, 61 points. Uh, had 20 disposals again. So 14 handles. But he was absolutely dominating the ruck. Now, it looks like he's going to hold his spot because I think license out, license out again. Mm. Um, but look, it's really hard to tell because if um, – 
if Lars does come in, they're probably going to play together because I don't think Westhoff's going to hold his spot too much longer. And this just makes both of them irrelevant as well. Yeah. But looking at Laddams just get absolutely pummeled in the ruck on the weekend, it was pretty disgusting. So I'm not sure how he longs, uh, lasts either because, um, yeah, basically, if we, I don't know if he's actually any good at going up forward either, which everyone seems to be talking about. But we've seen him play it a couple of times and barely get a kick there as well. So I don't know. Fantasy numbers look great, but uh, actual football numbers uh, aren't positive. So, yeah. Hmm. Uh, moving on to Dan Butler, your man, Kays, that you yeah. picked up in the mid-season draft. Uh, nine disposals, uh, all kicks as well, two goals. Had six tackles as well, averaging 65 this season. That's close to 2G4P. Hang, hang on. A couple of weeks ago, you said he was no good. He was going to drop out. He was not going to score a good again. I said if Saints go, he goes. No, you were really kicking him while he was down. No, I said if he depends on Saints scoring. Saints were pretty woeful that week. That's what I said. Well, go back and find what, the sound. St. Kilda were really good on this weekend. Yes, they were. <laughs> they were so much better than Port Adelaide. Yeah. But uh, look, with that average, though, um, he's up there. And Saints are actually, uh, I'm convinced now that Saints actually Saints are, are the real deal. Yeah, well, yeah. they're top four, so, aren't they? Yeah, at the moment, that's, so. that's, what, that's what Swain, I think. So you're so. saying that Dan Butler is going to be one of the players of the year? Uh, yeah, like for keeper leagues, for this podcast, yeah, definitely. He's going to be one of our. We should I don't do an think awards, it'll be actually. Too good for po- yeah, we should do an awards. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. good. Uh, anyway, uh, let's move on. Paddy Ryder, uh, 73 points. Uh, look, he was just huge, just absolutely dominated Adams. It was, um, it was awful. Like, it was just, it was a massacre. It was like, stop it. He's already dead. Just leave him alone. Um, 29 hit outs, two goals, 10 possessions. Uh, looked like Saints' number one ruck, which is uh, a bit worrying for Marshall owners because he seemed to be stuck up forward a bit more. Uh, but look, if you need a ruck and he's still available, in your pools, maybe get on board. Probably doesn't have too much of a career left ahead of him, maybe another year, but could be a, a little bit of a gap filler that you could be able to get pretty cheap. He might be one that just hangs on until the Saints. If, you know, if, if the Saints window is definitely open, they're not going to get rid of him after this year. Like He could be very serviceable as a pinch-hitting ruckman, you know, fantasy and real footy-wise, I think, for the next you know, 12, 18 months. For sure. Uh, ben Patton, uh, 72 points. Look, he's proved me really wrong. I think pre-season I was like, who the fuck's Ben Patton? Why are you talking about he's him? He's on my bus. <laughs> he definitely is on your bus, looking out the back window. Uh, I think with Long out, though, um, he's absorbing, absorbing that scoring across the halfback mm. in terms of disposals. So when he comes back, I'll be interested because I actually went through and had if a look. If he comes back. Well, yeah, true. Mm-hmm. Um, I went back and had a look at their scoring together and mm-hmm. he's definitely seemed to have a bit of a boost since he's been out. So, yep. could be a coincidence. I'm not sure, but I just noticed that. Um, look, let's see how it goes when he, if well, he comes back, I guess. Mm-hmm. And I'm making a back to the pod call case. Ooh. Seb Ross. Your back boy. to the pod. So he was actually showing something this week, though. He had 62 points, which is like an 80 BCV. So yeah, okay. he has to be back in there. But then he did a calf. So just fuck off, Seb. I'm, I'm sick of him. Are you going to delist him? No. <laughs> oh, look at you. Call. You're all talk. You're, all, a, you're like the dragon who blows a bit of fire. I'll give him. I had, it was shit last year. I gave him this year. I'll give him one more year. But if he's oh, no good, then he's gone. This is, he's oh, gone. this is classic. Hef. But you would oh, be kicking. You would, you would not get rid of him. You'd be kicking yourself if he bounced back to what he was in, say, 2018. Are you going to trade him then? I'll put him up for trade. I don't think we'll get much for him, though. I'll take him. Okay. Yeah. Didn't we have one yeah, we, last week? I can't remember who it was yeah. for. But, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know if he'd give up. Because I don't think it would take much for him just to bounce back into that a, a good role at St Kilda. You know, that's what I mean. Like, you, I'd feel you crazy to get rid of him. Yeah, exactly. So it's, um, a, it's a no-win situation. I don't think unless you're trading and getting something for him. I think that's the only way you win. 
Yeah. Uh, right. The Bombers versus the Crows. We'll start with the Crows. Uh, Paul Seedsman, 104 from him. The se- uh, stock in the seed will be rising high. 104 on the weekend. And uh, he's also had a 67 and a 73 this season. So, I thought he was having a bit of an average year. But uh, looking back, it's actually been pretty, pretty good. Uh, he had 22 touches and seven tackles, which is a very good game from him. Now, I think with the Crows lacking... Any amount of depth at the moment. Uh, I think that Seedsman scores are going to continue to be very, very good. Uh, there's no crouch around. Um, and it means that he's going to have to go into midfield or Smith's going to have to go in the midfield or, or something like that. I think that uh, surprisingly only 69% owned. I know that's on the borderline of who we talk about. But uh, I reckon if he can get on board, I think he's going to be one that's going to continue the projection up and up for the Crows because they've got no one else that can play footy in the club. And, yeah, he was, we'll be on him in the preseason well because he was great in the back end of last year. He was scoring pretty yeah, he big did. and then yeah. got injured this year and, yeah, finding it hard to break into the side again. But if he's up and going, he's a decent fantasy scorer for sure. Always has been too. Yeah. Even when he was at uh, Collingwood, he was pretty handy. So, look, if you can sneak him into your side, I'd be getting him for sure. Yeah. Uh, talk about guys who are pretty close to too good for the pod. Benjamin Keys, 77 points, 21 touches, four tackles. He's basically the heart and soul of the Adelaide Football Club at the moment. If you're mounting an argument against Andrew Brayshaw, then how could you possibly you haven't heard my mount argument an argument against. for Ben Keyes? Well, you can mount an argument for Ben Key against Ben Keyes, and I've got my argument. For I'm him. I'm not mounting one against him. I just I just like it was like you last week. I'd like to see it like a few hundreds or something like that. Yeah, just to kind of show he's got that. But he's very. I agree. He's close. He's I don't close know if he's a hundred kind of a guy. No, nah, I know. Uh, playing the role he does is not. I think he's huge. like a 70, 80 kind of guy, like coronavirus guy. But I'm also worried as well is the coronavirus scoring just kind of. Is he one that's kind of impacting really quickly? And when it goes back to full length games as well, he's one that's really going to No, nah, because he's super fit. He always wins time trials and stuff. Yeah. I don't think he's, he's an issue there. Time trials are an indicator of good fantasy scoring. Always no, have I mean, been. For, always <laughs> have been. <laughs> no, I thought you were talking about if he, is he just like a, a Nick Nat, like in and out no, no, kind no. of burst. No, no he's, he's a fit guy. I don't know whether he's just having, you know, an impact, you know, points per minute type thing or honestly yeah. he's the best player at the Crows at the moment Tom Duda's injured you know like Riley O'Brien's getting slaughtered O'Brien's pretty good yeah but like he's not if you listen to 5AA they hate him at the moment because he doesn't Who listens win to a 5AA me okay because I'm like I'm Going on 80. <laughs> I, always, I always listen to it after Crows lose. It's hilarious. <laughs> uh, but getting back to Ben, uh, look, his kick to handle ratio is uh, not great on the weekend, but he's in there. He's getting the hard footy. Now, a bit of a, a feel-good moment for me. He started the season at 3% owned. He's now 74% owned. So, to everyone who's listened, you are welcome. Uh, <laughs> I just feel privileged to be a part of his and everyone else's uh, lives. I can't wait to get Doss on next week and have the Fiorini uh, keys debate. Well, it's not even a debate. One doesn't even play AFL football. Yeah, but one and one is like basically leading their clubs best and fairest. I reckon if one, if they swapped clubs though, they'd both be playing opposite ends. You know what I mean? So keys It'd be would interesting. Be, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> It'd be interesting. Uh, Andrew McPherson, 69 points from him. It was his best game for the young halfback. Uh, 19 touches, four marks and three tackles. He distributes the ball pretty well uh, and he has played a bit in the midfield in the, the Crows 2s last season. So, could be one to have a, a go in the guts while they're, um, you know, lacking a few troops in there at the moment. So, definitely won't get dropped and he shouldn't either because I think he's one of the, the Crows who's actually showing something this season. So, 8% owned is a pretty safe pickup for me, I think. Yeah. Before we move on to the um, Essendon Bombers, mm. your, your boys, mm. heard a little whisper today that uh, Harry Schoenberg might be a chance for a sneak in this week. Oh, that's got me excited. Yeah, good fantasy, junior fantasy numbers. Uh, averaged mm. uh, 
Well, I think it was average over 100 in the juniors last year. I think it was close You're stealing to my, my question from later on. Here from ah, there sorry. Questions. Sorry, but, we'll, uh, we'll save that for them. But yeah, I'm, I'm very excited if that is the case. Okay. Uh, Tyson Sengel, the last one for the Crows. Sorry, 66 points from him. Uh, his best game for the club. Seemed to get a lot more up the ground on the weekend. Not as small 40 as he has been as usual. So I think uh, Chase Jones would be surely due for a rest in that midfield. So it could be one that they need to just inject some speed in that midfield now that there's no crouch either. Um Look, he has had a 115-point PB in the twos last year and did average 67 there. So, could be a sneaky flyer for the rest of the year if they do just try and shake a few things up in that Crows midfield. Sorry, just uh, going back to McPherson because I got excited mm. about Harry Schoenberg. Mm. Um, now with Dude out as well, um, I don't think he's going to go on the guts because I think he's going to play that role. Uh, Surely Jay the Snake Kelly will just come back in and... Oh, maybe, but there's a good chance that McPherson actually just jumps into that and that's a pretty fantasy-friendly role. So the floater. Yeah. Yeah, think, I, if you could that. have a crack at Andrew for McPherson as like bugger all owned, he's yeah. uh, he's there for the taking, yep. I think. Uh, Will Snelling for the Bombers, 92 points from him. Uh, complete relentless pressure uh, from the hometown boy. Uh, 18 touches, but 11 tackles. Got very nice and niggly in amongst it on Sunday. Uh, had four kicks and 14 handballs, which isn't the great ratio. But uh, look, he was bringing that pressure. Obviously, with the Bombers and the Demons not having a buyer going forward, uh, the Bombers and oh, obviously t- uh, players from those teams are going to be a bit more valuable. So, at only 50% owned, I think uh, he's one you could definitely take a stab at because uh, he's going to play basically for the rest of the year. Essendon is struggling a bit with injuries. And I do think there's a bit of a future for him as a fantasy player going forward from, from 2021 onwards. Uh, Mitch Hibbert, 81 points from him, uh, 15 touches, which was aided by nine tackles, uh, similar kind of effort to, to Snelling, really. Uh, it's what we saw from him last year in the, in the VFL. Uh, it'd be interesting to see what happens to him when Shul comes back into the side next week. Uh, only 15% owned, so I'm just a bit unsure on him. I wouldn't be jumping in on him as much as I would on a, a Snelling or something like that because I don't know if his job security is as safe. But uh, look, he's probably a, a floater. You can play in and out um, week to week. And if we're talking about 2G for P's Hef, I don't know if we've agreed on this or not, but I'd like to put forward Sir Jordan Ridley, 76 points. Look, his, his lowest score this season has been 61 and his highest been 80. So that's basically he hasn't scored anything between uh, anything less than 73 or 96 for a defender in normal uh, post-corona life. So I think he's officially gone. Hand me the papers. I'll sign them. Stamp, tick, approved. Done. And he's a bloody good player to watch too. He's an yep. absolute jet. I enjoyed watching him on Sunday. But he's gone. Thanks, Jordan. Thanks for your, your fleeting time on our Just podcast. deleting him off the show. Doc. Yeah, see you later. As ceremonious as it is. Uh, Next game, West Coast versus Collingwood. Uh, Josh Kennedy, 91 points from him. Uh, Very nice score, but very reliant on goals. Now, I did a bit of digging into his stats this season. So, he's had five games this year where he's kicked zero or one goals, and he's averaged 30 points. When he's kicked four to seven goals in four games, he's done that four times, he's scored 81.6 now. Uh, so obviously he, he's got to that point in his career where if he's not kicking goals, don't even think about it. The West Coast have the Cats, the Bye, the Blues and the Hawks coming up. Now, I think you'd probably have a little nibble uh, on him going forward. I think, you know, Geelong's uh, um, back line is a bit shaky at times. Blues, he could definitely get off the chain and, and Hawthorne is just a bit of a rabble. So, I reckon he's definitely worth bringing in if you can um, to kind of fill that, um, you know, spot in your forward line uh, week to week. Yeah, we talked about him last week. The old dog does jump up with goals every now and mm. then and when he kicks goals, he scores generally pretty big. Big. So, uh, yeah, definitely get on board, especially just playing at home for an extended stretch now. Yeah. It'd be great if one of the uh, – Port Adelaide got a home stretch like these 
Western Australian teams are getting, but it's probably Stephen Marshall, our Premier's fault for not letting uh, anyone into the state for long term anyway. Keep it COVID safe, <laughs> Hef. Uh, Oscar Allen, 89 points from him. He took advantage of an undermanned Pius defence, kicking three big ones, had 14 touches. Definitely has locked his spot in as that second ruckman behind Nick Nat. And, but he's not really being relied too much to do much of that. He's only uh, had four hitouts as his PB this year. So, look, his danger's up forward, compliments, uh, you know, the other two guns up there in Kennedy and Darling. He's had three 80s in his last five games. He's clunking marks, tackling. Um, he's only 21 too. So he's another one that's jumped up ownership big time. He's gone from 70, sorry, from 7% to 86% owned. So he's a big watch for 2021. It's going to be tough for people to keep him on a list too. So he might be one you could get uh, early-ish in a draft next year and he could be one you could really bank for your side going forward, I think. Yeah, went undrafted in our league, so he's going to be hot property come round one next year, I think. Speaking of guys who went undrafted and will be hot property, Jackson Nelson, 70 points from him. I'm starting to get very excited about him. He oh, was yeah. uh, very impressive. Uh, since returning to the side in round five, he's gone 59, 66, 91 and 70. Uh, 14 kicks and five handballs and taking a lot of kick-ins. Real nuggety kind of operator. I like how he goes about it and wanted to know a bit more about him. So I went back into our stats from last year, Hef, in the waffle. Uh, he averaged 94, uh, which was uh, basically, he was a top 25 uh, fantasy player in the waffle and did pick up 200s in his nine games there. So 58% owned. He's probably my waiver wire pickup of the week. I think he is uh, one you could definitely get in. That West Coast backline is just humming along nicely. Everyone's scoring well and uh, they're playing well. So one to get on. Don't give away too many wave wire pickups. We haven't co- recorded the uh, wave wire pod yet. And the, uh, the, well, if the, uh, now, the now, six now people live. who are watching this live, <laughs> hey, uh, there's a free one for they, you. They deserve you know what? this. They're probably all members anyway. <laughs> they deserve <laughs> this. The ones watching us anyway. So. Uh, <laughs> last one for the West Coast, Liam Duggan, 68 points. Uh, the Joe Dirt of the AFL continues his super consistent season. Uh, 11 kicks and two handles and seven marks. He's a big part of that chip around back line. That West Coast are um, using very well. He's often been the short target of the kickouts as well, which is a nice, just that little sneak to the back pocket, pick up six points, move along. I'm just liking more and more each week, persistently, uh, sorry, purely from a consistency point of view as well. And really, if Shannon Hearn retires, I'm all in on both Duggan and Nelson next year. I think they're going to be the two ones that just uh, go from come from nowhere, I should say. Just on top of that, uh, kind of 2G4P, but how do you think that affects Shepard? Uh, I think no, I don't know. They're, they're well, they're all scoring well at the moment. Yeah, like so, Shepard's yeah. scoring well too. I think that Hearn's just slowly just going to back his way into That's retirement. That's what I was and thinking as well. Gonna, I think that those three can score pretty well back there. They're no coexisting dramas. pretty yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Isaac Quayner, fifty-nine points from him. Uh, I'm liking him more and more each week. Scores has scored in the fifties all three games this season. And he just seems like a really poised and natural distributor. Distributor, sorry. Um, so he had six kicks and twelve handles, which isn't the greatest ratio, but does seem to provide a lot of drive back there. I think he's a year or two away from being a, a genuine uh, fantasy player, but uh, potentially happy to hold him as kind of your last keeper if you could uh, to see what comes of him in the future. Uh, one I'm actually very excited about uh, going forward for the Pies is Jaden Stevenson. So he had 54 points on the weekend. Now, it's not the greatest score, but it was a very interesting role that he played because I noticed that he was basically playing up the ground a heap. Like he was um, on the wing coming through half back. I didn't notice that because I had him to score a goal in my same game multi, which he didn't. Uh, but he's playing that role. And I think potentially if Pendles is out for an extended period of time, he might be one that gets a bit more of an opportunity in that midfield. 
Noda guy up there too, who was pinch hitting in the midfield a lot this season for them. So if he does lift, I think he could be one of the pies who's scoring just uh, soars from here on in. Yeah, definitely on my watch list. Uh, own him somewhere in one of the one of the leagues. So I'm pretty keen to watch him over the next few weeks. Yeah, and just quietly, I think uh, Tyler Brown and Braden Sire might be ones to watch over the next couple of weeks with uh, no Pendlebury and a few other injuries around that um, Collingwood side. So if you do have them, hold the faith with them because I think they'll get an opportunity sooner rather than later. Remember Sire. Remember him in that grand final? Uh, it was so long ago. I know. <laughs> it was just it seemed like it was going to be such a gun. And now he's just nothing. He's nowhere. He's, yeah, Until in, now. Yeah. Uh, who knows? Mm. Have to wait and see. Uh, let's move on to Melbourne versus Brisbane. Second to last game of the round. And it's almost time to talk about Andrew Brayshaw. Uh, <laughs> Nathan Jones for I'll Melbourne. I'll prepare my <coughs> statement. Uh, 58 points for Jones. Playing a half forward. Can't get forward status this year because he's already got defender status. 13 disposals in a goal. Like It's pretty good scoring, but I, th- I reckon this is like his absolute ceiling. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's going to do any better than this going forward. So no, and he's, he's old. He's in the retirement lounge. Yeah, maybe if you need a defender, like a stopgap for the rest of the season, um, off the waivers. But that's probably about it. Uh, Stephen May, so fifty-five points, um, reasonable score for a wet weather game too, because mm. he only took two marks, and I think that's probably why it wasn't around that seventy mark like it's been for the last uh, few weeks. But he's in great form for a big man. Um, yeah. Uh, AFL Stats Mate sent me a, uh, a little a link and he was basically saying that – I can't remember actually who tweeted it, but um, someone retweeted, sent it, uh, tagged me in the tweet, tab, have a look at it. Um, he has picked up his scoring the most this year due to taking kickouts, mm. I think it was. I think it was May, even though he was in the top five, if not. Yeah, yeah. So there's a bunch of players that have kind of increased their scoring purely through kickouts and he's one of them. Because so. he hardly played last year when the kickout rule came into play. So. But even when he did, he didn't really take as many, I think. Uh, mm. Salem. Would ta- yeah, Salem yeah. were taking a few as well. So um, – Actually, Salem's the main kick-out tagger. But, yeah, this year he's kind of got the job back because he was doing it at Gold Coast too, which was yeah. so good. So. Yep. Uh, Grant Birchall moving on to Brisbane. So, he had six, seven points. Oh, is he 2G4P? We talk about him every week. 15 no, because no, he's so old. Yeah, true. Um, get him in for chasing a flag. That's probably he's so still available. Old. Still available in a lot of leagues. I've got him somewhere running around, and it's awesome because you just get that 60 points, and that's all you need. Uh, Charlie Cameron, he had six, seven points. Uh, nine touches, four marks, four tackles, and a goal. It's like a great game. He pops up like this but he's just too inconsistent for mine don't you reckon uh yeah look i think you'd probably always he's always going to find a home in a draft yeah league uh but it's just one of the same as you know a lot of forwards like yeah when are they going to score you just don't know and that's a bit hard sometimes you pick him up on in the middle rounds of the draft where you're looking for players that are just going to play every week mm-hmm. so you can have a decent bench option mm-hmm. just in case them in case someone gets injured and that's where that's where it goes he's like one of the best guys to own right now if he's in a loop holdable position yeah definitely because he could be 30 or he could be a 90 you just and, need yeah. brisbane you just need brisbane to play early to in the beat week up on someone or yeah just early in the week yeah, as well so yeah it's been a bit hard last few weeks uh Cam Rayner. So, oh, this is actually a pretty funny story. So, I, I drafted Charlie Cameron this year. Sorry, I'm, I, don't, I don't mean to be talking about all my players. It's just that these ones are the ones that it's perform. Just the only people that you know. Yeah, of course. Um, look, this, this is a bit of a funny story behind these two. So, in the draft this year, I accidentally drafted Charlie Cameron because I had um, I had Rayner and Cameron. So, Cameron, Charlie Cameron and Cameron Rayner right next to each other in my rankings. Mm-hmm. And I clicked on Cameron thinking I was picking Cameron Rayner, but I was actually click, uh, picking C Cameron. So <laughs> I'm drafting on play and I'm absolutely kicking myself because Cameron is starting to see a few midfield minutes as a forward now. It's actually scoring pretty well. He's not capable, man. 
You don't reckon? No. Nope. I reckon he's close. No. I reckon by the end of the season, he might be very close. No, no, no. Anyway, no. he had 65 points, uh, had a few CBAs. I think it was only five this week, but good to see him getting a run through there. And I was a bit worried that he wouldn't have that run through with, uh, you know, blokes like LSE Ullman and stuff coming through this year, uh, coming up to Brisbane this year. But uh, look, he's got injured and he hasn't really been affecting anything anyway. So it's still good to see him get that midfield minutes. This is the balance that you want because if you can just develop a little bit more as a forward and hold that kind of mid forward position going forward, that's what's going to make him capable, I think. Mm, I'm still not sold. I think he was going to be a very good player, but I just think he's going to be a almost a Charlie Cameron impact player kind of thing. I think if he keeps his four status, he can be an F4. Next year. Uh, not year. In the future. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah I don't know. I, don't, I still don't think that's keepable. You yeah, reckon? No, no. It's close. It's on the borderline. Yeah. I generally, try to keep, I generally try to keep four backs, four forwards, and six mids. Yeah. And a ruck. Anyway. Uh, let's move on to the star of the show, Fremantle versus Am Geelong. Am I starting with Brayshaw? Yeah, we'll start with Brayshaw. Okay, look, <clears throat> right. So he scored 102 back. points. I'm just going to sit back for a bit. Rightio. <laughs> so this is why I want to say that I want one more week from Andrew Brayshaw. Oh, and I know it's on the record that I said if he scored 100, he's off. He's off. All right. And look, if you want, I'm happy to keep my word, and I'm happy for him to be 2G for P. If that makes you happy, Hef, that's fine with me. But I'm thinking about our listeners here and I'm thinking about not selling them something that's not true. Like we don't want to sell them. We don't want to be snake oil salesmen. We want to be telling them the honest truth. And I'm just not sure whether he's 2G4P yet. Now, what happened last night was what I like to call a perfect storm. If it was any more of a perfect storm, George Clooney and Mark Wahlberg would have been starring in it last night. Now, listen up. There was no Nat Fife. Nat Fife is the key to Andrew Brayshaw scoring. So, three games this season when there's been no Nat Fife, Brayshaw has averaged 93.6. When Nat Fife has played, which has been five games, he's averaged 62. All right, let's just cut in there. So, his first three games weren't great. He's had one big game with Fife in, and from then on, one solid game yeah. with Fife in. And then from then on, he's been scoring well. All right, we'll just continue this. So, over their whole careers when they've played together, uh, he has been a seven-point better player when there's no Fife in the team. Now, the high-scoring game in terms of fantasy thing is an, also an outlier. Now, there was 2,518 fantasy points scored in this game. The average score of the other eight games was only 2,405. So, that's an extra 100 and. 13 points scored in this game purely because it was a scrum disgusting brand of football where basically everyone was in the same like this room which is probably what a couple meters by a couple meters everyone was in that vicinity it was just like handball to no one tackle them handball tackle that's the only reason his stats were that big now the other one Darcy Tucker was injured in the first five minutes of the game so he had to fill up his, he had to fill up Darcy Tucker's midfield minutes. Now, when Sam Simpson scored his hundred a couple of weeks ago, we weren't going Sam Simpson. Oh my God, he scored a hundred. He's too good for the pod. No, he didn't. We get we went we thought about it sensibly and said Sam Simpson scored well because uh, Mitch Duncan and Quinton Narka were both injured, so he had to play more game time, more midfield time, and therefore that. So I'm thinking Nat Fife back in this week, he will prove that he's actually not too good for pod. And that, listeners, is the ramblings of a crazy person. That is purely <laughs> statistically proven. Everything is correct. Scores better when there's no Fife. Had to score more. So, had to play more on. because there was no Darcy Tucker. The game style suited them. It's just a lay down Mazzara of truth. It doesn't work for mine just because he's not really the inside player. He doesn't attend centre bounces, that sort of stuff. He's scoring well, kind of more so on a wing or moving into the midfield around the ground. Did you watch the game, man? It was just in like one metre by one metre. Everyone was just like... 
Yeah, that's one game. Tackle. He's had another ton this year. Plus, he's had 80s and stuff like that. Yes. If he's, he scores his 70 plus this week with Nat Fife in there, I'm more. Look, you can 2G for PM. No, but all I'm saying at the moment is I would be wary of saying that someone is 2G for P after that display that we saw on the weekend. No, nah, he is 2G for P. Everyone agrees. It's it's over, case. Not let, everyone let agrees. Let it go. You're the only one who doesn't agree. It's over. I'm just worried. I'm let just worried that people think he's going to be better than he is because he's not that good. He was just he just got lucky. He's he very, just got lucky on the weekend. very good. Very lucky, just like your stupid football side. <laughs> anyway, on to some better players in the Fremantle side. Can't uh, believe Caleb, sat through that. Caleb Sarong, 98. <laughs> Eight points. Uh, I think he was the rising star winner this week. He looked really good. He looked like a real man out there. Like he was solid, uh, doing all the good things. 22 touches, seven tackles. Played 80% game time, which is crazy when you look at what he's been doing previously. His last four games, he's only been on the ground 70%, 58%, 54%, and 68%. Now, basically bumped up 10 to 15% game time, scoring improved. Has a huge future. Uh, I think he is going to be a very, very good player uh, for many years, Caleb Sarong. I like agreeing with you, Case, because uh, that's that's a good one. Uh, thank you. It's a no-brainer, but it's a good one. Yeah, I just can't believe he has, he's had so little game time previously, and then yeah. when he does, he, they he actually unleashed him. Yeah. Uh, Chera also looked good. I thought he was a bit more in that midfield, uh, 78 points with nine tackles there. Reese Conker, 74 points from him now. He had 13 kicks, four handballs and five tackles. And I think he's a bit of a forgotten man in that Fremantle side, been out injured for the last few weeks. And especially with the back centre DPP, had the slow start to 2020. We were starting to fire up against the Crows before injury in that game. He scored 48 from 50% time on ground. Now, he's averaged 75 the last couple of years and he's only 53% owned. So, I think there's probably a lot worse defenders you could pick up at the moment if you do need a bit of backup cover over this next uh, fantasy football Fun period, whatever you want to call it. I can't remember what it's called. Chaos period. Chaos, whatever. It's just too much football. Uh, Charlie Constable for Geelong, 68 points. Finally back in the side. Almost the Braden Sear return to, you know, um, the world, which is good to see. A lot of Constable owners are very, very excited to see him back on the park. Had a lot of handballs, especially early on. Uh, had the 11 handballs, eight kicks and five tackles. Would definitely hold his spot. Um, the catch shook things up, um, you know, getting rid of a few players. Uh, and only scored, uh, sorry, and scored that 68 points from only 65% time on ground too. So uh, the Cats played the next four games in a row. So 59% owned by now because you get in for the next Four games, which is big because that's when the, the finals time is uh, – you're building up to that finals time, so you need players playing these next four weeks. Absolutely. Uh, Mark Blitzarts. This is a very interesting one. So, 83 points from him. His biggest score of the season as basically Geelong's number one ruckman. Had 24 hitouts along with 19 touches. Now, before the weekend, he didn't have one hitout for the whole season. So, with Stanley injured, four injured – Radically, probably the only other option in that uh, that cat side to ruck. He could be a serious uh, contender for some big points because if he's going to be the main ruckman or one of the main ruckmen going forward for the next period, he could uh, yeah really see a scoring bump as a, as a defender. So it could be one to sneakily get in your side there. Uh, Tomahawk had 73 points. Good game from him. I think he misses his week through suspension, but uh, target him the week after because he's in some really, really good form. And just the last couple ones are Close and Fogarty, 67 and 65 points from them. They look pretty good in the wet. I uh, did love Close's just donning the longy in the first game. That really gets you noticed out there. So um, I think they'll both be playing going forward. They both look good. 
Something about the cat's long sleeve that I just like. I don't know. I think yeah, it's it looks good. Yeah. Everyone, Collingwood yeah. too. Yeah, everyone yeah. looks good in him. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> All right. Uh, that's the round rewind. Finally got that done. Uh, only took us, what, 57 minutes to get through that one. That's so good because I had bad. to, you know, everyone knows that. I had, had to rant about Brayshaw. I uh, feel a lot better for it too. And <laughs> I, th- I think I put a very good case forward. I think people will be on board my my point of view. Yeah, man, totally. All right. Follow me. <laughs> Back me up on Twitter. <laughs> All right. Let's, uh, before we move on to the listener questions, uh, let's just talk about the membership. So we got, we're recording the Wave Wire podcast just after this. So if you're watching live um, and you're not a member and you want to get your hands on that, uh, make sure you jump on to that one. Uh, breakout tracker. I'm going to do the update the whole website tonight. I've got a late one ahead of me, but I'll get the breakout tracker updated. I'll get the projections. I'll get the fantasy scores for and against uh, whatever else is up there. There's lots of stuff that I've just got to update all tonight. So that'll be uploaded by the morning just in time for the next round. Uh, everyone who every gold member that signs up we read out their names on the podcast and we had another new one sign up this week Kay. sweet Paul Druskovich absolute legend for signing up and supporting the podcast Thank you, he Paul. gets access to all of those great premium resources what's actually come in handy the last few weeks is all the um, draft E fantasy scores mm. as well that have gone up there because there's lots of new ones coming through so it's handy to know especially um, you know if you're looking to pick one up off the waivers before they actually play mm-hmm. it's handy to know what they're like as a fantasy score and whether they are fantasy scoring type so that's another really good resource that I've been going back to a lot recently with all these draftees um, and rookies that have been uh, coming up yeah but uh, the Facebook group as well is a big one lots of questions uh, it's been a bit quieter this week but uh, I think people are just kind of gearing up before the storm I reckon as soon as the uh, as soon as the chaos ball hits there's going to be questions left right and centre in there and everyone helping each other out great community yeah so. I was thinking about strategy for all this before you know like do you really rely on your your um, your bench players to you know give you a bit of a bump up are you loopholing a lot but you know and we could see that you think you've got all these guys saved up on the bench, but then you've, you know, fall a couple short on your field if you want to get too tricky. So it's going to be so hard. It's, uh, I think there might be a few donuts coming up from people just either forgetting <laughs> or just like selling themselves or, you know, it's trying to be a bit too tricky. I think there might be some chaos. Anyway, so, so try to avoid the donuts and uh, let's all look after each other in the gold members group and any inside word we get on players or anything like that, we'll post it up there and make sure uh, we're all sharing it amongst the community. Yes. Best fantasy footy community, the gold members, Keeper League Facebook group. Fact. Uh, if you want to join up, uh, all the links are in the description below. So, uh, yeah, check it out. Um, or if you're listening online or watching online right now, just head to keeperleaguepod.com.au and click on the membership button. Uh, no podcast reviews this week on the Apple reviews. A bit disappointing, but uh, look, it happens. Always um, next week. Yeah, always next week. So if you've got five minutes and you own an Apple device and uh, you want to give us a quick little review, give us five stars. Um, we'd really appreciate that. It just helps us rise up the ranks and help get the podcast noticed a bit more. So we'd really appreciate that if you had the time. All right, let's move on to everyone's favorite segment, the listener tweets. Moving on to the listener questions. Uh, each week we chuck out a tweet or a Facebook post asking for your questions. Now, over the next few weeks, Kays, we're probably going to put them up before the end of the round because we're going to record on the the night of the final day. Or just hit sense. us up during the week. Yeah, and, we'll, you know, like, yeah we'll save them. Be fluid. Yeah, we'll try to remember. If, if we forget them, tweet them to us the next week or DM us. Mm-hmm. Um, I think our DMs are open. So, uh, yeah, just uh, send us something. We'll try to get it in if we forget about it. Uh, it's sometimes hard to keep up if they're not in the post at all, but we'll do our best. Uh, we're only human. All right. Uh, let's read out some questions, Kays. What's yes, the first one? Uh, Scott Rudquist. Will Brody and Connor Blakely, what do you think their futures look like? 
Uh, hopefully at other clubs, with other clubs. <laughs> yeah, hoping. it's going to have to be. Yeah, um, I reckon they'll look good elsewhere. Uh, Blakely, I think, is just well and truly out of favour at Fremantle. I don't know if too many people, coach included, want him in the side anymore from yeah. the rumours that are circulating. Well, do we if, play if the you take, uh, No, if you, I don't buy into that too much. But like, even if you take the rumours out, he's not getting picked. So he's no. got to go somewhere else because he's... Probably still got some currency. So, from a whole holistic football club point of view, Freeman need to get rid of him while he's still got some some trade value. So, he's the one who will definitely find his way to new home. Will Brody's the funny one. Like I just actually think that the Gold Coast midfield is actually going too well. You know, like he can't get a game. Obviously, Braden Freerini has some um, issues with you know. Stewie Jew doesn't rate midfielders who don't work as equally as hard defensively as they do on the mm-hmm. attack. And some players just don't have the ability, some midfielders don't have the ability to like, to defend as well. So that's what's keeping him out. So what you need to do is get him into a midfield, I guess, somewhere where they're already kind of quite capable defenders and can just let him roam free a bit more. So mm-hmm. he needs to be in a bit of a stronger midfield somewhere, I think. And he could be a really handy asset to another club, I think. Whether he gets there or not, uh, you know, his, his value is um, plummeting at the moment. So There's whether he gets there. There's plenty of spots available at somewhere like the Crows. Fuck there. There mm-hmm. is. Ben Keys can play. Anyone can. Yeah. All right, next question. Uh, AJS Hawker, what would you say to a league that the majority of participants voted against moving to a full rolling lockout over the next four rounds? Hashtag seven to five. I would say good luck uh, fielding a team each week. That's actually madness. I know. Uh, I think I'm – oh, no, I think we were doing it in – one of the leagues I was in, but then I kind of pointed out that there was buys and <laughs> no one actually kind of realised there was buys. I was like, and then they changed it. So It's just tough because if you don't know who's named in a squad, you can't even start to guess if you're going to get picked or not. And I think there's going to be so many layouts. There's going to be so much fucking around. Yeah. You're going to have to need your, uh, your, your you're just going to have to pick your best side and hope that you don't need to rely on your uh, your bench players too often. Yeah, and just not having your teams announced like until 24 hours before they play, coupled yeah. with the buys and everything like that. It's yeah. just going to be crazy. It's today. messy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, next question. Rightio. Uh, Robert McMullen, thoughts on whether Trent Bianco will get a chance in 2021? I think if he does it all, it's going to be the next few weeks through the kind of these condensed rounds where they're going to be resting players and bringing others in. Collingwood are a tough side to crack though, so it wouldn't surprise me if he doesn't get in, but I think if it's going to happen, it's going to happen soon. Um, just on uh, Bianco, uh, he averaged 103 in the NAB League and 76 at the under-18 champs. So he's one uh, that if he does get picked, he's kind of the ones you might want to swoop on before he actually plays, before other people catch wind of him because mm-hmm. he does have the fantasy pedigree behind him. So those numbers up on keepleaguepod.com.au for members. If you can ask the next question. It's not even a question. Yeah, well, you can say the <laughs> statement because it's nicer coming out of your lips. All right. Taylor Q says, doesn't ask, he says, Ben Keys. No question, just Ben Keys. Yum, my boy. Taylor knows what's up. Fuck. <laughs> Are you more upset that he's doing well or that I picked it and I've just ridden it so hard that it's, and I, it's, there's some, you know. More so that I've just ridden him off so hard in the past and now he's actually being serviceable. That's my thing. That my grow up. I'm like, it's just me having to admit I'm wrong, which sucks. You don't do that very often. If do it all ever. the time. It's my life motto. You learn more from your mistakes, Case. I don't know if that's your life <laughs> motto. I think it's argue until people just, you know, forget what you were arguing about in the first place. Oh, I forget what I'm arguing about in the first place. Uh, next question. Wayne Gartner, retrospective, which keeper from 2019 do you regret keeping and which player do you regret dropping? 
Uh, for me, Matt Kennedy, the way he's performed, had him on my list. I looked at my list from last year and it's so bad. Like the 16 keepers I plucked from it, well, I got pretty lucky with him, I think, but the rest of it's trash. But Matt Kennedy is the one that, that I put back that I really wish I held on to. And who do you wish you delisted? Paul Hearn, I reckon. I kept him just kind of giving him that one more chance. He's the actually answer to another question coming up. But, mm. uh, yeah. What about uh, you? I regret keeping Jack Graham. He's looked so far off the boil this year. It's not funny. Uh, Dusty McPherson's obviously having a bad year too, but uh, I probably should have known better. I should have uh, traded him out. I think when the writing was on the wall that, you know, we've got the, the Gold Coast have – sorry, we, I did say we. Yeah, you remember. Have got the uh, the good young kids coming through, so that was the one. But uh, from who I didn't keep, I'm not really too upset. You know, I had Jack Scrimshaw, uh, Blake Hardwick. I got rid of him because of his injury issue, which probably didn't really need to happen because of COVID, but who could predict that? And, you know, Ryan Clark's finally starting to come good, but I'm not too upset about the guys that I dropped uh, last year. Uh, Nathan Ears, question for Hef. Why does DBJ start so strong in the first half and go missing in the second? I like to call it a Petrarca. <laughs> um, yeah, look, uh, I don't really have an answer too much for that one, but uh, just the way I think Port play, they're the type of team that likes to go hard early and then defend. Like They kind of put the brakes on and try to stop, slow it down. So I think that could be part of the game plan as well. I think also as well, just if you look at the last few weeks, like Port um, against Carlton, like kicked the first three goals of the game and it was all, all that drive off the halfback and stuff like that. And then on the weekend, they were pretty much level with uh, St Kilda for the first half of the game. And I think Port just falling away as well. I think... You know, he's kind of like a barometer type player. If he's going well, Port are generally pretty going going pretty well. Mm-hmm. And uh, if he's not, then Port generally aren't. Okay, um, Scott Ridquist is on the chat here and he's asked another question. Yeah. Um, I picked Brody and Blakey, uh, Blake Lee off the waiver. Keep, question mark. Wow. So both of those players now, we mentioned before. Now or for the season. What's that? If you pick them up I'll keep now. At the end of this. Oh. Keep, keep for now. Yeah. It's hard. So Don't, you wouldn't do anything until until preseason. Yeah, yeah. Like but I think he's saying if they can go to a new club, I think he's saying at the end of the season. Yeah. Oh, hold. So oh, yeah, hold, hold, hold on the off yeah. chance that they go somewhere. Yeah, exactly. For sure. All right. Cool. Uh, Jake yeah. Rayleigh, is yes, that the one? Yes. Uh, which players yet to make their debut this year or even just play this year are you most interested uh, seeing at some point this season? Now you stole my thunder before, uh, Harry Schoenberg. So Ooh. he's a member of my team. Uh, what I like about him, uh, he averaged seventy four in the SANFL reserves last year but then came from nowhere in the uh, under 18 champs he averaged 99.9 was actually the fourth highest scorer in the under 18 champs behind Caleb Sarong uh, Devin Roberton and Matty Rao so Robert, Robertson sorry but uh, there's yeah, no. uh, we haven't really seen much of Dev but uh, <laughs> Sarong and Rao have shown how good they are so if he's anything like those guys and if he can uh, get the footy like them he's one I'm very much looking forward to uh, for some other ones I've got a bit of a, a different path but Jarman Impey uh, hopefully he'll be back this week or next week uh, was a 70 average defender the last couple of seasons and really 2019 he was really starting to come on in leaps and bounds at Hawthorne so hopefully he can get a chance to to um, do something in 2020 even just um, you know give a bit of an insight of what he might be like next year after he's fully recovered from that ACL I think Sam Draper as well. Apparently, the kid can really play and is a pretty handy fantasy scorer too. So, what I like about that is that new rucks always are a bit exciting. You know, someone like Luke Jackson, you know, he's excited me uh, lately just because, you know, who knows what they could be and we know how hard it is to get a good ruck. So, I think if you can uh, 
somehow locked down a draper or something like that and he does um, live up to his potential, I think he could be one that could uh, yeah make your 2020 very, very nice. Will Gould for mine. Mm. I'm looking forward to mm-hmm. see him play. And I can't believe he hasn't already, to be honest, yeah. with the changes that Sydney have uh, put through. So I'm not sure what's going there, but he's one uh, SA boy, played for Glenelg over here, played in a premiership last year. Um, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing him as well. Uh, ben Mortimer, who are your special players you have held for way too long due to FOMO, even if they continue to show nothing? I fear I may be keeping Paddy Dow for another off-season. Yeah, I mentioned before, Paul Ahern is a guy I've kept now for three years. I'm just waiting for him to bust out. And it's always at the end of the year he shows something as well. Oh, like, there's nothing worse than I that. I know. Last year, he like he come, he got defender status at the end of it. He was playing on the half-back line and just, uh, yeah, getting a, getting a few kicks. I think he had a back-to-back 80s at some stage in the last year and then, you know, had a pretty decent preseason game as well. Yeah. Killing me. Sucking stars. Yeah. Uh, I probably kept Tom Cutler for way too long. He's my probably continuing uh, guy who I – just always believe in, but uh, look, you know, Jack Graham, McPherson. I think Luke Jackson, I might be sucked in for a while. I think I might keep him just to the uh, the excitement factor. I'd hate to throw someone like him back in the pool. Oh, and, he looks uh, pretty sweet. <laughs> yeah, no, but, uh, you know, but he's the one that you just go, this is a really risky keeper. Yeah, or, yeah. you know, like he's probably not deserving to be a keeper. Yeah. But you go, shit, if I toss him back in the pool and, you know, two years in two years' time, he becomes Brody Grundy yeah. version two. Well, the Max Gorn factor is going to hurt there. But I yeah. think they kind of want to use him as a ruck forward. Yeah. Is, yeah. Oh, but if you're going to play the long game with him, it's going to be well, a very, very sweet way. And the ruck forward role is kind of coming into fruition. If you look at someone like Oscar Allen, mm. can be quite fruitful. Definitely. All right. Uh, last question at DJ for Brooks. Uh, I made the move from Ethan Hughes and Mitch Hannon to Bailey Dale and Arazio Fantasia. Judge the move. I'd like to have kept, uh, I'd like to keep Hughes, but I could choose between him and Narkel and Bonner. Couldn't uh, choose between him. Uh, and I think it's a good trade, um, especially for now. I think that uh, Bailey Dale, uh, you know, he's been pretty serviceable kicking goals and stuff like that for the Bulldogs. And I think Fantasia is not too far away from returning to some form, but he definitely chose right with uh, Narkland Bonner. They're definitely well above Ethan Hughes, I think. He yeah. he does show glimpses. A but, fortnight uh, ago, I was thinking, here we go. Like, he backed about yeah. like 60s, and I thought yeah. this could be the real deal here, but yeah. uh, he's faded away since coming back I was thinking about Perth. picking up last night now, extra yeah, wave wire pickup thing, and yeah. I was just like, I'm just going to watch how he goes this game. But yeah. Yeah, it's obviously a tough game to judge, you yeah. know, with the, the conditions. But, uh, yeah, just... Yeah, I'm not that crash hot on him just yet. So I think you've, you've made the right decision there. All right, Kays, that's a wrap. Finally, uh, what is that? 71 minutes. That's about usual for us these days. That's good. That's not too bad. Yeah, all right. Uh, I guess uh, if you want to get around us, uh, check out our socials, uh, Facebook, Twitter, and mm-hmm. Instagram at Keeper League Pod on all those. Check out our website if you really like our stuff. If you want to support the uh, podcast as well, gain access to all those uh, bonus uh, resources. Sign up as a member and we'll look after you there. Um, yeah, and basically that's it. Good luck over the next few weeks. Well, we'll be back in five days' time. It's it comes so, so quickly. So random. It's kind of good that we're going to push through it and get the season. I was thinking we'd be going to October, mm. things like that, but it's going to be good to actually just kind of get stuck yeah. into it and really right. analyse some footy. Be nice to share the load. Be nice to welcome in Doss next week. Yeah, we've got a few guests over the next few weeks as well, but we'll yeah. keep you keep you posted on who they're going to be. But uh, I think everyone, no, yeah, none of these people except for Doss, he's only been on the uh, members podcast, but the other two haven't been on the pod before, so it's going to be pretty interesting. Mm. Yeah, a few new voices to uh, get excited for. All right, let's wrap it up. We'll see you next week. Good luck this week. Good luck to Andrew Brayshaw becoming too good for pod if he scores well this week. Good luck to Ben Keyes getting more than 60 this week. What was it, 70 this week? He's so good. (laughs) See ya. Bye.